0: It's good to be together today, worshiping our Lord, leaning in. We've got a special guest, uh, familiar to many of you, and an awesome opportunity to continue to express the heart and the vision that we have, to see walls broken down to our community, to bring light, especially in a time of darkness, and ultimately to feed the hungry. These are things that we've been working on consistently throughout this year, and thank you for all who have been engaging with us in those various ways, with the Mercy team, with Food Truck Fridays. And we just see opportunities continue to come. So without, well, let me do one thing. Let me dismiss our kiddos to their class and then invite our friend, our special guest, Redmond Chaplain, John Tracy. John, why don't you come join us? Join me. I'll step over. It's good to have you back, man. John shared a number of weeks ago when we were reassembling here in Field Church. I just really appreciated what you had to say as far as just your ministry that continues, your ministry To support those in crisis and to support our first responders in our community. Uh, For those of you that don't know John, I hope you'll get to know him. Uh, We got we got the privilege of inviting the Tracy family to partner in ministry with us from 2015 to 2018, living in the Parsonage, filling that up with life and light. And at some point along that along that journey, we commissioned John uh, into the city as a missionary, which he is wherever he goes. We we notice that about your life and we appreciate that. But specifically into crisis situations. And he started pursuing the opportunity of a chaplain and was welcomed aboard and has been serving as a chaplain with our first responders, so both the police and and our fire departments in Redmond, uh, for the last four years. And so that that ministry continues and now has an opportunity to even expand. And we are being invited into that, you know, in a new way. And I'm excited to see that be just a partnership uh, that continues to grow and develop. Why don't you do your part of the, uh, the introduction and then share a little bit about what a chaplain does in a short yeah. snapshot. I think some are familiar and then some need to probably be reminded or updated on what that looks like.
1: Okay. And this is, a, you, I've never preached to people in mass before. I was looking at my mother-in-law a minute ago and I didn't know it was her. <laughs> so if I stare at you for a second, I'm trying to figure out who you are because I know you. <laughs> um, your family's over here. <laughs> yeah, my family's... A, um, I asked my daughter to bring my coat. You can just set it here in case I need it. Sorry if my hands are in my pockets. It's freezing. Um, John ten ten. Jesus says these amazing words that the uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. And of course, this is the passage on Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And uh, when I think about when we think about when a crisis happens uh, in our neighborhoods, in our city, and we think about the reality of who do we call the first people to a crisis or when someone steals or kills is the police or when something's destroyed by fire or the elements it's fire. And so while Jesus wasn't speaking about first responders uh, in this passage, he was talking about the good shepherd. I can be reminded of the very work of Jesus or the extension of the work of Jesus through our first responders. And, uh, and so what I do as a chaplain um, is we've been hearing about this word co-response as the discussion about police reform is, uh, is going on. And there have been co-responders for many years, and I'm one of those co-responders. And particularly what I do is respond to a, a, uh, a crisis event, which usually involves someone dying. And so I go to support both uh, the, the victims as well as the first responders, uh, police and fire. And so um, I currently have the night shift, um, which is 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., uh, seven days a week. Uh, part of the reason I do seven days a week and not uh, just five is I don't get called every night, thankfully, uh, but, uh, but that's currently what I'm doing, and, and I share that responsibility with some others. We actually have someone in the back who's maybe become one of our chaplains as well, so that's her name, Stephanie, if you want to turn around and look at her, but... Uh, <laughs> I can already tell it's you, Stephanie. <laughs> um, so that's what I, that's what I do uh, currently uh, as, a, as a chaplain man.
0: So we, we see an opportunity. One, we absolutely see that, always have as a missionary to our city. And, and for some, mission, missions has always been maybe overseas, but we would see missions into whatever context God is sending us into. We are on his mission to bring the kingdom wherever we go. And the opportunity to go into crisis situations, I remember sitting with longtime chaplain Pat Hammond and just talking through uh, the the story of the Good Samaritan or the Compassionate Samaritan coming onto a crisis scene, and that's an example of what Jesus even said it means to love, to love as he would love, to love all peoples and to love our neighbors, and so deeply we resonate with that. If you don't know, chaplains raise their support or donate their time in our city, in our area. They're not supported Uh, financially unless people give to support. And so we see an opportunity here with with your capacity and experience and conviction uh, to see, could this grow even more? And could you do this full time for a season? Imagine the doors that could open, they're already open, but the blessing that that could be. So, but there was a store, there was a call that you were on recently that really kind of spun this up and said, what, yeah. what more can we do? What more can, not just an individual, but a community who has this heart for missions in this way into crisis, what would that look like? Do you want to share any of yeah. that, that
1: piece? Oh, uh, let's see. About a mile and a half that way. Um, a couple of months ago, I got a page about 1.30 in the morning. Um, family who moved here from the Middle East, dad and mom work, work in tech in the area. Uh, I don't know all the circumstances, but I know part of the issue was the immense pressure uh, Dad was dealing with, and uh, among other things stacking on top of that, um, Dad ended his life um, and left behind uh, wife uh, and two children. And so one:30 in the morning, it's cold, um, it's dark, and you have a house uh, that is for the moment uninhabitable, and uh, you've got imagine fire trucks police, uh, vehicles, the scene is just crazy. And yet you've got this family in crisis. And so, um, for me, that was, was incredibly impactful because, um, just seeing the kids and knowing what uh, is ahead for them. Uh, and, and the immediate, what do you do now? You can't go back home and you can't go back home tonight and probably not tomorrow because of what happened. Uh, and so, our team, uh, myself, and called another one of our uh, chaplains as well, along with our, our uh, police staff, uh, just worked together. We pulled together supplies. We got them into the Archer Hotel. If you guys have been there, in fact, when there's not COVID Ben, you can go down there and get a dollar, a, a dollar bag of candy. Have you guys done that yet? Full bag, stuffed with candy, it's a dollar. But uh, that's a side, side <laughs> note. We got these two kids and the mom in there Uh went to sleep and the next day uh, went back and just walked through the practical steps. There are so many things that have to happen when someone dies. And most people never think about it because we don't think it's going to happen to us. And so uh, walking them through that, getting them connected with support, emotional support in the days ahead with a therapist. Uh, and, and so that's some of what we do. But the reality is um, this is kind of a, a team effort. Because as a chaplain, we serve our neighborhood and our city. But another story, Ben, if I have a minute, um, uh, this past summer, we had uh, a toddler who, warm day, backyard's secure. uh, Mom's just doing what she needs to do around the house, and and toddler wanders out to the backyard and um, can't find him. And so mom and dad call 911. uh, we, as you can imagine, have both fire and police come to scour, not just the property, but the entire surrounding area in Redmond, looking for this little child. And not long afterward, uh, he was found uh, underneath, uh, in, in, down in a, uh, what do we call this thing over here? The, not the sewer, but the uh, septic. Yeah, septic, yeah. Uh, the boy had somehow managed to lift the lid and fall in, and, and he didn't make it. One of our officers was the one who found him. And so when I got the call to respond, the dispatcher said, don't go to the scene. We need you at the station. And what I was needed at the station for for the next several hours was to sit with our officers and process because mm. the burden that they carried was, could I da- have done anything different to be able to save this kid? Mm. And these officers were in tears. They were dist- and it, it, it takes time from the process. Thankfully, Redmond has a strong peer support team that provides continuing ongoing support. Uh, and so this role faces the, the city, but it also faces uh, our officers to provide that, Ben. But it was, it, was, it was interesting as I was talking to Ben and Phil and just uh, about this desire to, to do this more fully, their question was, how can we participate even more as a church? And, you know, during this time, uh, not only just of the pandemic, you know, Redmond Fire was the first we know to respond to a COVID scene in the U.S. You, do you remember that? this all kicked off with the fire station right over there and uh, became obviously it's a pandemic. But um, we've had a lot of stress incidents come up because of that. Not common knowledge, but it's public knowledge and very hard things. Not, it's not just stressful for our firefighters who are responding and they're being exposed. There are political and emotional things that have come up as a result of this But of course, for our police officers during this time, then probably another six, 12 months, maybe longer of all the pressures our officers are dealing with. And yes, it does affect Redmond. I know Redmond is in Seattle, uh, but I can tell you that the things that they're hearing and seeing from time to time make them sometimes wonder, am I in the right field? It's very hard. And so uh, as we were talking uh, about how could the church potentially Uh, come alongside this mission. One one idea came to mind is what if we form a community crisis outreach where not everyone here becomes chaplains. Most chaplains have to be ordained and and so that's a unique calling. Uh, But what if we were to figure out how to become equipped helpers? For example, practical things, supplies, hotel rooms. Uh, We can provide all these things and have them ready for when a crisis happens, snacks, drinks, whenever these, this family had lost their, their dad, um, they were there for hours in a local LDS building, and thankfully they had protein bars, they had bottles of water, but some of these things need to be prepared in advance, so to have a crisis response readiness mm-hmm. would be huge as a congregation. The other thing is we're thinking of uh, in December for our, our police officers. What if we were to uh, take one of our awesome food trucks down there and provide an awesome meal for them? And, uh, not only that, like we do for our teachers at Emily Dickinson notes of encouragement and thanks and appreciation for each one of them. That doesn't solve the conundrum, uh, that they're dealing with, but it's an, again, it's a message of saying we want to be the encouragement and the voice of the encouraging God that we serve. And so these are a couple of things. The other thing, Ben, um, Uh, This song that Tommy did, that was awesome. I love that I'd never heard that before. But um, we want to actually, on a weekly basis, go on site uh, to areas where I've become aware from just doing the work that I do, where there's increased incidents of violence, domestic violence, uh, things being stolen and break-ins, and we're going to walk and pray in these areas. We're going to invite the kingdom of God, as Ben has been preaching from the gospel of Mark, May your kingdom come. And so this Friday from 2.30 to 30. if anybody wants to join me at Diamond, or not Diamond Park, it's called Downtown Park in Redmond, right by uh, Top Pot. If anybody likes donuts. Uh, we'll meet down at Park. Uh, I don't know what the governor is going to be announcing, but we'll make sure we respect uh, those guidelines. And uh, how many of you have ever walked and prayed before? And uh, most people. Uh, this isn't, uh, you know, shout and scream and holler and preach at people. That's not what this is. It's uh, praying on site with insight. It's going in the very geographical location and praying and listening to God as we pray. And so yeah. I can imagine on a weekly basis, Ben, uh, gathering um, uh, not just prayer, but also learning and hearing <laughs> from God about what to do. So it invites you to any one of those things. Uh, in the coming days for community crisis outreach, uh, this Friday, 2.30 to 3.30. If you're going to join me, you're welcome. And I'd like to even try to make this happen uh, via Zoom for people who can't make it. And so just a few ways to respond.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's the, both the response side to crisis, which again, back to the Good Samaritan story Jesus teaches, is right for us to see those in crisis and respond. And our community is, is in crisis. And it may... Not feel like it all the time, although I think in present days we might say, yeah, it feels like our country, our world is in crisis. But a lot of the crises that we, that we live amongst are, are behind the scenes are the mental and emotional health challenges. And certainly coming into a dark season, there's depression, there's despair, and, and in this season there's a lot of loss. And so responding to those things, we obviously have other issues that are behind closed doors like domestic violence uh, people that are on the brink of experiencing homelessness. There's so much that is is there that we want to see people respond to crises, and you're fully equipped to do that. We want to partner with you in that. And on the other side is how do we stop some of those things from happening before it ever gets to there? What if somebody knew this family and walked alongside them? I'm not saying it didn't. We don't. But what if that could have been stopped? You know, and, and is there a way that through kingdom prayer and through our presence as missionaries of the gospel to do practical works, that those things could be avoided, could be stopped before they ever get to that point? So that's the thought behind the community crisis. Outreach is not just response, but is proactive work, right? If, if cars, you've maybe heard the analogy, if cars keep going off of a cliff on a, on a, on a dangerous road, it's, it's, it's loving to build a hospital at the bottom of the cliff. But how do you build, How do you put up signs and speed bumps and at the top of the cliff? How do we stop things before they ever get to a crisis yep, situation? Good. How do we and then how do we respond? And, and John's going to explore that, lean into that, and to be honest, he's got to raise funds for that. And so I, I'm inviting you to become one of the partners of this ministry. We as a church are committing to make it one of our our Jerusalem missions for at least the upcoming year. Many of you know that we give. to a number of partners in our local, our regional, and then to the ends of the earth every month. You do that by your generosity. Just giving to Union Hill, those monies go out every month. We're going to partner in this community crisis outreach for $1,000 a month for the coming year. That's just a sliver. I'm inviting you to give even more, to be a partner. If you need to learn more about that, to support John, connect with him. You can go on our website even right now and give through our giving, normal giving channels. It says community crisis outreach on that so you can support all of this work. It doesn't all go to John. We're talking about supporting and bringing supplies and being ready in response uh, to our community in need. So please do that. Anything more you want to say on that, on that invitation or do you want to let that be a, a one-on-one conversation from here?
1: Well, no, I, I said to Ben, I, I want to uh, invite people to come have a coffee, but can you do that anymore? I don't know. Uh, would, would love to do that. I welcome that. Uh, see me after. Uh, send me an email or a text if you'd like to. And uh, yeah. uh, I got a pretty big porch with a covering gazebo. Some of you have been to it, and there's a heater on it. So uh, I can I can make the coffee if uh, if Cypress has to close. So. Very but, cool. But uh, so appreciative of this church. The you know, only reason I'm doing this— I, my life was changed when I came on staff here. I'd never be in this uniform and never been doing this had I not been here. Had it not been for the visionary uh, leadership of the elders who said, we want to, you to use your time to serve the city. They could have easily said, no, don't go do that. You stay here and build this kingdom. They said, go out there in the city and serve. So I'm grateful, Ben. I mean, it was life-changing for me. And even to stand here and be able to say this is... Yeah. It's such an honor, so I yeah. appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: And I know it's, there's, a, there's a lot to raise, but many have already jumped in and partnered, and you're around 55% funded, yeah. which is yep. fantastic. There's a lot, lot to go, but that that gives a, a good indication that God is in this and behind it, and we are with you, and we'd just love to commission you again, if I could, and pray for you. and. Let me pray for that, pray for you in this ministry and commission. And really, we, we, is an exploration, right? Lord, this is yours. We'll see where it goes. We're in day by day, even week by week sometimes. And God will provide, we believe. Let me pray. God, we thank you for these opportunities that you are presenting. You're opening up doors. We're seeing walls broken down. Lord, we pray that we would just be, we would respond to that. And then we would also be proactive and be looking for ways to engage even more the hurting the broken, the despairing, the, the grieving that are in our community, to see with your eyes, to be in places that you would be. That's why you've left us here and empowered us with the Spirit. And so as we go in into these places to pray, to seek, to respond, to give a cup of water or a quick meal, that we would be your very presence, the hands and the feet of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, to bring your kingdom. And so I just pray, I already know that's That's how John goes into all of these crisis situations. That's how he supports these first responders. I pray for an extra measure of strength, endurance, wisdom, peace. Man, we need shalom going into these places to be a light into the darkness. So empower him again. We, We commission him again to this work, and we look forward to seeing the doors open to partnering, whether it's through giving, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through joining. We pray that you would lead us and that we would respond faithfully to these very tangible kingdom applications. Now open our hearts to hear from your word through your servant, John. Give him only the words that you would have him speak to us today to encourage and to convict that we might be faithful to follow you more completely in the days ahead. Unto your glory, Lord, we pray these things. Amen.